Now, I knew, I knew Brother Johann Brewer, uh, Dr. Brewer, I knew him before I went to Africa, so, so don't confuse the two. I, I guess it's been about seven years now uh, or so. He was with us in the old church, and then he's been with us once here uh, at the new church. We're delighted to have him, and God has truly used his ministry uh, over the miles and over the years, and uh, he's doing a fabulous work for the Lord. And so, would you just make welcome my friend, Dr. Johann Brewer. Good morning, church. Oh, God help them. Pastor, it seems to me that that lime, that water filled with all the lime, did not have a good effect on y'all. I said, good morning, church. Could somebody please tell me why do we say good morning and good afternoon and good evening? I know some men feel like it, but they, they won't dare do it. When they wake up in the morning next to their wives, they want to look at them and say, Bad morning, honey. But you love your life too much to do that. So why would one say good morning, good afternoon, and good evening? Oh, that's a question. It's very simple. Because God is good in the morning, He's good in the afternoon, He's good in the evening. Can you stand to your feet and for 30 seconds give Him your best hand clap of praise, please? <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. No, you just praised him like you are a tight supporter. Why don't you praise him like you're a dog supporter? Come on now. I just had to get that one in. You may be seated, church. Thank you so much, Pastor Mike and Harbor, for having me. Thank you so much, church, for what you guys, Pastor, shared a little bit with me last night over dinner, what you guys do for missions where he has been in Africa Unfortunately, he missed the gateway, the touch of heaven to Africa. He never stopped over with me in South Africa. So I'll trust that you will send him back there. And with the Great Commission, you have to go and visit South Africa. This, I can't give him no gold. I can't give him no diamonds. But I can give him the hospitality of South Africa. And thank you for sending him to Africa. Uh, you will not know how much that means to me being from Africa. And even the other mission trip that you guys send him on and that you church support, it always blesses my heart when I hear what a church does for the kingdom of God. And you can believe me, there are not many like the harbor. Oh, you missed a good place to give yourself a good hand. Would you, would you please open your Bibles with me at the Gospel of St. Mark chapter 5. And if you do not know where it is, it's in the Bible. And if you could, please stand with me for the reading of God's Word. Mark chapter 5, and we'll read from verse 25. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garments. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. 
And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You said, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see who, who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Verse 25. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. The old King James read, she had an issue. You may be seated, church. And I want to speak to you this morning briefly on problems versus issues. Problems versus issues. Some of you are sitting here this morning, you have problems. And some of you are sitting here and you have issues. The difference between a problem and an issue is very simple. A problem can be resolved with human intervention. But an issue can only be resolved and solved with godly intervention. This woman, when she came into her normal season like she does every month, she didn't think much about it. It was just simply normal to her. But then as it went on and it became a week, two weeks, three weeks, all of a sudden she realized I've, I've, now I'm facing with a problem because this is not normal. Who knows a problem is not normal. I, I mean, if you have a mother-in-law, uh, God help him. Uh, I'm just cutting up with y'all. But when she started to become three weeks, and she all of a sudden realized this is not normal. Now I'm faced with a problem. And she did what each and every one of us would have done. She tried to resolve the problem with human intervention. She went from one doctor to the next doctor to the next doctor. And church, you know, when you read this passage of Scripture, you don't really come to realize how big her issue was. Because you have to go and really sit down and study this woman and study the Old Testament to understand she was an unclean person. Not because any of her own doing, but just because of the natural walk of life, because of the issue of blood. She was counted as an unclean person. Anything she touched became unclean. The Bible doesn't tell us whether she was married or not, but let's assume she was married. Can you imagine being married and for 12 years of your life you may not touch your husband? Can you imagine for 12 years of your life being married, having children, you cannot touch your kids, can never give them a hug when they go to school or when they come back from school? Can you imagine for 12 years of your life, if you want to go and visit with any of your friends, you have to call them up front to tell them, open the door, because if you touch their door, the door their door is unclean. If you sit on their couch, their couch is unclean. You see, we just read this passage of Scripture, and we really don't understand what was her issue. You just think it was blood. But it was far more than blood. It affected her whole being. It affected her whole life. And some of us here are sitting here, and your issue is affecting your whole life. You see, if you are lost, you don't have a problem. You have an issue. Because a, a, a person that is lost cannot resolve his or her problem by saving themselves. You need God to save you. Come on, church. 
Some of you are sitting here and just like this woman, she had gone from one doctor to the next doctor and to the next doctor trying to, to resolve her issue as if she thought it was still a problem. And some of you have issues and you're trying to resolve it as a problem. But you need God to step into the realm of your problem because you've been going to the doctor and you've been going, and I'm not preaching against doctors. But any, any physical situation like cancer, diabetes, uh, rheumatoid, any kind of arthritis, any medical condition that cannot be cured medically is an issue. It's not a problem. Because it can only be healed when you touch him and he touches you. Come on, church. Come on, church. And unfortunately, many of us have dealt with our, our issues as if they were problems. And eventually when she came to her last resort, can you imagine spending every dime you have in life to resolve your problem? Not knowing it's an issue. Hello? Am I just preaching to myself, I'm going to buy a CD too? <laughs> but thank God, the Bible tells us, when she heard, when she heard about the harbor, I'm just reading from the Pentecostal Bible. No, when she heard about Jesus. And church, I cannot tell you how many times in my life that specific verse has brought me to a place of calling time out. Asking myself, how come she heard about Jesus? Because you have to understand her issue did not only influence or affect her relationship with her husband and with her children, it also affected her relationship with the church. For 12 years, she could never go to what we call the church. You see, this four walls that you and I call the church, and I'm just going to say it like real sudden, ain't the church. I have, again, I've asked myself, Pastor, so many questions in life that I don't have answers for. And one of the things that I've asked myself is, when did this building become what you and I ought to be? And we expect everything to happen inside here. And I want to encourage you to go and study the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and Revelations. I just want to see if you're awake. But if you go and study the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you study the life of Jesus, you will come to find that Jesus only performed, if my memory serves me right, four or five miracles inside the four walls of that which we call the church. Every other miracle he performed Every other time he preached the message of the kingdom of God, he did it out there, church. And that's where you and I ought to be. How come she heard? Because for 12 years she could never go to church. And the only answer I could come up to the question is very simple. 
somebody on the inside was so excited about what they heard God say, whether it's through the pastor or through who, they were so excited about what they saw God did that they said, I cannot keep my mouth shut. I need to get out there and find somebody and tell them. So my question to you this morning is how excited are you about God? How excited are you about God? Unfortunately, my brother and sister in Christ, statistics, proven statistics, say to us that 95% of people that confess Jesus Christ to be their personal Lord and Savior has never won one soul to Christ. So if the angel of death would come through those doors right now, and each and every one of us in this sanctuary will take our last breath at the same time, you just think about it. 95% of us present will stand before the throne of God, have never led one soul to Christ. Most churches don't have evangelistic outreaches no more. Most churches have no evangelistic program. The church of God, whom I dearly love, they have done away with the evangelistic on state level. We call it now Christian education and discipleship which is also very important, but the very thing that brought us into existence, we've done away with. Hello? Oh, just raise your right hand. You only have one right hand. Just raise your right hand quickly, please. If you don't raise it, that means you don't have a right hand. Oh, just wipe those religious looks from your face. Somebody on the inside was so excited about what they heard God say and what they saw Jesus did that they said, I need to get out there and go and tell. You know, there's not a scripture in the Bible that ever encourages a sinner to come to what we call the church. But I can show you multiple scriptures that encourages you and I as a child of God to go because out there is somebody with an issue of blood that is waiting on somebody that's so excited on the inside to get to the outside and tell. Over the years, by the grace of God, I have seen God move in miraculous ways. I'll never forget in 2005, I raised a man from the dead in Bridges Chapel, Greenville, Tennessee. He died in my service. That's not a good place, not a good start for an evangelist. But sure enough, he died. And God raised him up right there in the service. And everybody encouraged him, said, you need to get out there and go to the emergency room. He said, I have come to listen to the word of God. And after I'm done listening to the word of God, then I will go to the emergency room. And I said to God, I said, if this word gets out there tonight, today, if people on the inside will be so excited by what they have witnessed and go and tell, we will not have room enough tonight. Come that night, we will less people than the morning. I asked those who came Sunday night, I said, what do we want God to do more, church? 
other than save somebody on the inside. You have witnessed the greatest demonstration of power this morning. What do we expect God to do more? I'll never forget I was preaching up in Warner Robins. And on the, the, the praise team, there was about seven ladies on the platform. And the lady that on the furthest end, I looked at her eyes. And I saw the one eye, was, the color was different from the other eye. Now, I had seen something like that before, mostly with animals, but with the exception with human beings. And so when I started to minister in healing, she was in the healing. She came for me. I said, what's wrong with your eye? She said, I'm blind. And I thought, man, if you're blind, the eye is dull. But then she said, it's actually, it's an artificial eye. I said, that's better. I said, because if you can believe, God can give life to an artificial eye. And church says, God is my witness. I spoke to that eye the first time, nothing happened. I spoke to that eye the second time, nothing happened. And I could feel every eye in the crowd was spinned on me as if they wanted to say to me, come on now, come on now, make this happen. And I could see the lady started to become uncomfortable because the, she was the, the, the center of attraction. And I said to her, Jesus only taught on prayer twice. In Matthew chapter 6, the importance of forgiveness. And Luke chapter 18, the importance of persevering. I said, we're going to speak to this eye a third time. And when I spoke to that eye the first time and I commanded to come alive as God is my witness, church, light started to shine out of that eye. And likewise, I can tell you about numerous miracles over the years. Numerous but how excited have we been to go and tell? How come she heard somebody on the inside was so excited about what they heard Jesus say and what they saw Jesus did that they said, we cannot wait to get out here. I know you have a great man of God. Oh, you missed a good place to say amen. I mean, you have a great pastoral couple, truly anointed man and woman of God. I, I feel sorry for her that she's a tight supporter, but I'm still praying. But how many times when he stood behind this table or on this platform and he ministered the word of God, were you so excited on your innermost being that you said, just get this over with just get this over with. I, I, I need to get out there. I'm so excited about what I heard. I need to get, I need to go and find somebody with an issue. Come on, church. How many times have you witnessed the, the power of God manifest in this place? And say, man, pastor, if, if, if you're not going to close it out now, I, I'm going to run. I need just to get out here because I know there's somebody out there. You see, we have people here that's got an issue, and you've got people here that's got a problem. And God, just like He is the problem solver, He's also the issue solver. But sometimes a problem can be solved with human intervention. But when you're faced with an issue, you need a touch from God. Somebody was so excited. They said, I need to go and tell. I need to go and tell. Not go and tell about my church. And I believe one ought to be proud of your church.
You know, as I came into town on Friday, I came from Folkestone's area, and like Pastor Mike said, you know, I had been with you guys a couple of years ago. I can still remember it was in the month of February. What month is the month of February? It's Valentine's month. Can you, and I still preach because, you know, he told me, and I tried to follow in his vision. And I remember some of the messages that I've preached. But I've seen you grow from there to here. So one ought to be proud of what God has been doing. One ought to be proud of one's church. Come on now. Come on now. But, but at the end of the day, our church can't save people. At the end of the day, our church can't deliver people. At the end of the day, our church cannot heal people. Our church is not an issue solver. But the one that we worship, the one that we proclaim, the one that we love, the one that we adore, the one that we sang about this morning, he is an issue solver. Oh, come on, church. Or can you just stand to your feet for five seconds and give him some praise in this house? You may be seated. So stop trying to solve your issue. Start to take it to God. She heard about him. Faith comes by. I thought it was by Fox News. Hearing from the Word of God. So let me ask you, how do you read the Word of God? Uh, you will never find me when I have my study time. You'll never find me read the Word of God with my eyes. Simply because the Apostle Paul said, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So if I want this letter to become revelation knowledge in here and becomes faith, I need to hear it. So when I read the Word of God in my study time, I will, for example, say, now when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered. So when she heard, what she heard brought about a measure of faith. And that measure of faith stirred up an expectation. And all of a sudden, right there in front of her, she saw the one of whom she heard, in whom she now believes. Some of us have more faith in the president than we have in Jesus. Some of us have more faith in our senator or our janitor or I don't know what senator you want to call him, but than Jesus. And when she saw him, she said, if I can only touch him. But my brother and sister in Christ... When she saw Jesus, there was an obstacle. There was a hindrance. It wasn't going to be easy to get to him. There was a whole crowd of grabbers. What do I mean? If you go and study the crucifixion of Jesus, you had the Roman soldiers, and what did they do with his clothes? They were grabbers. And many Sundays in our church services, we have many grabbers. People that come just to grab out of worship, grab out of praise, grab out of the worship, grab out of the altar. Very few contributors. 
Oh, if you don't want to say amen, you may say ouch. If you don't want to say ouch, just be a bubblehead. And she heard. But there was a hindrance. There was a crowd. And we give up so easily, church. We give up so easily. You know, I, I remember about of the days that when they spoke about praying through. It wasn't a five-minute thing. It wasn't a ten-minute thing. They grabbed a hold of God and they said, just like Jacob, I'm not going to let you go until you bless. I'm not going to let you go until you step into the realm of my issue and resolve it because I can't. I am depending upon you, God. My faith is in you. We give up too easy. We give up too easy. You know, when revival broke out in Wales, and if you don't want to believe me, you can go and study it. Four women, never, none of the big revivals over this, it was never a crowd, always just a handful of people. Azusa Street, a handful of people. Wales revival, four ladies locked them up in a church tower. And they said, God, we're not getting out of here until you visit Wales. And they stayed in that church tower praying, praying, because they knew Wales was not faced with a problem. It was faced with an issue. No political party can resolve. And unless God doesn't visit Wales, we are down the drain. And they stayed there. And church, they say, when the Wales revival broke out, the donkeys in the mines did not know how to respond to the instructions the miners would give them. Because before the revival, they used to cuss the donkeys. Now the revival had happened. They gave their life to God and they will speak to the donkeys. Would you please? And the donkeys, huh? <laughs> we need to get back to the place of praying through. Praying through. There was a hindrance. There was a crowd pressing up against him. But she said, I don't care. I am desperate. I am desperate. I have done everything I know to do and nothing has worked. No medical doctor. I am desperate. I need a, a, a touch from God. I need God to step into the realm of my issue and do something about it. Because if he's not going to do it, I'm going to stuck with this for the rest of my life. And we become so content with our issues. And she started to work her way through that crowd until she recognized the hem of his garment. Now, you have to understand, she was at the place where she was not supposed to be. As an unclean person, she knew every person she's going to touch is going to be unclean. She said, I don't care. I'm going through. And I wish I was there. I don't want to be a fly on the wall because she might just have a fly swatter. <laughs> but if I was just there, that I could see her push away the first and the second man. And they looked at me, where are you going? I don't know where you're going. But I have an issue. And the issue solver is in front of me. That's where I'm going. Now, you must imagine 12 years of blood flowing out of her body. She had no energy. 
So she might awake, push three people away and stop and catch her breath. And man, it's still a long way there. But I'm waking my way through. Until she got to him and touched the hem of his garment. And all of a sudden, Jesus stopped. Because you see, everyone that else that was around him was, was a grabber. They just came to take. And he asked, he said, who touched me? Now, I need quickly four men. Come, you guys, quickly. Come here, my brother. Come. Come, come, my brother. Come. Quickly. I want you to make a, make a circle around me. You need to, come on, come on. You need, I need you to come on. Come closer. Come closer. Come closer. Oh, no, come on. Start to push up against me. Come on. Push up. Oh, come on. Don't be like a tight guy. Push up like a Georgia guy. Come on. Push up. Come on now. All right. Thank you. You may be seated. Give them a hand. Now, they didn't do, do this for very long, but I wish you could feel my body temperature rising. Jesus had a crowd around him as almost to suffocate him. He said, who touched me? I said, how do you know somebody? You see this? He said, there was one person around me that wasn't the grabber. Anointing went, power went out of me. When last did power go out of you? We just celebrated Pentecost. I want you to know that the purpose of the anointing is not to run the aisles or to shout. I don't have a problem with it. But the purpose of the anointing is for ministry. So when last did you walk in Wally World or in Belk or what? And somebody touched you. And at that moment you realized somebody who was in need just got what they needed. Because of the God in my life, the anointing went out of my life. And she stopped. And Jesus stopped and said, who touched me? And he said, I asked him, how do you? He said, some power went out of me. She told him who she was and everything. And this is what he said, your faith. Your faith. You've tried everything else. I mean, you know, some of you are sitting here with financial issues. Not financial problems, financial issues. I mean, you have so many credit cards to your disposal. If you put them all out, what is a good card game that you play? We can play card games. Because you've tried everything. What about trying Jesus? Some of you are sitting here and you have a a, a marriage problem. Your wife wants to divorce you, your husband. Some of you are sitting here, you have got a kid on drugs. He had gone through rehab and if they come back, they're hard out of rehab, they're back on the stuff. It's because they don't have a problem, they have an issue. What about putting your faith in God and say, God... My daughter back in South Africa has been unemployed now for a great number of months. And and I I please, my black brothers and sisters must understand me. We are faced with affirmative actions in South Africa. The white people are the minority. So we are last to get a job. 
She's a single mom with kids. And about three months ago, I mean, she just broke out in tears as she spoke. She said, Dad, something has to give way. And the only thing I can tell her over and over again, I said, we have no other choice but to trust God. So maybe you are sitting here today. It doesn't matter whether you have a problem or whether you have an issue. If you are here today and you have never given your life to Christ, you don't have a problem, you have an issue because you can't save yourself. That's why Jesus died. You might have a health issue. doesn't matter what your problem is, what your issue is. You've tried everything you know to do, but it's just gotten worse. Maybe it's your arthritis or whatever. Maybe it's your relationship between husband and wife, parents and kids. You've tried everything you know to do. Why don't you put your trust in God? Why don't you come to Him and say, God, I've done everything I know to do. I'm asking you, just like this lady with the issue of blood, that you've stepped into her realm and solved her issue in the blink of an eye. Why won't you do it for me today, please, God? So every head bowed, every eye closed. Hallelujah. So if you are here today and you've never given your life to Jesus and you say, Johan, I've done everything I know to do. Please, if at all possible, if at all possible, please don't get up and leave now. If at all possible. It's just a disturbance to the spirit. And you say, Johan, I want to give my life to Jesus. Will you please pray with me? Why don't you just raise your hand where you are seated? There's a hand that's gone up. There's another hand that's gone up. Thank you, Jesus. There's another hand that's gone up. There's another hand. There's another hand. You could put those hands down. Maybe you have an issue of health, a health issue. It doesn't matter what it is. And you say, Johan, Will you please pray with me? For those of you who have raised your hand for salvation, and it doesn't matter what your issue might be, you want to put your trust in God. I want everybody to stand. If you have raised your hand and if you have an issue, stand to your feet if you want me to pray with you. Every person in this room, let me tell you, if you have high blood pressure, you've got an issue. If you've got low blood pressure, you've got an issue. If you've got diabetes, you've got, because it's the symptoms have been treated by medication. If you have diabetes, if you have any kind of arthritis, you've got an issue. If you've got cancer, you've got an issue. Because the only thing that the doctors have been doing have been treating your symptoms. So, Father God, we thank you, Lord, for those who have raised their hands this morning and say, God, I need salvation. And for those of you who have raised your hands for salvation, I want to ask you to pray this prayer after me and pray it out from your heart. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus that you are the issue solver. Lord, I have 
all the confidence in you. I will, when I leave from here, I'll never be the same. So right now I confess I am a sinner in need of a Savior. Lord, please save me this very moment as you forgive me of my sin. And Lord Jesus, I accept you as my personal Lord and Savior. In Jesus' mighty name. Father, there are many other people standing here with different issues. But I thank you, God, that just like this lady with the issue of blood had so much of confidence in you of whom she had heard and now had faith. God, likewise, Father, there are people here that has diabetes problems. There are people here that has all got all different kind of issues. I cannot all name them, God, but you know of them. And I thank you right now that just like your son has died on the cross for our salvation, that by his stripes we are healed. And so, Lord, I thank you right now in the mighty and in the precious name of Jesus that you step into the realm of their issue. I curse every issue that's here today, every issue in the name of Jesus, especially in the area of health. I command you to dry up from your root and your fruit in Jesus' name. And I release healing miracle power into their bodies right now, Father, in Jesus' name. And I thank you, God. We are awaiting the testimonies that will come forth. God, there are even people here that's right now in severe pain. I bind that pain. I curse it in Jesus' mighty name. I command it to dry up from its roots and its fruit, and I release healing into their body right now in Jesus' mighty name. And I thank you, God, for everything you have, you are, and will do for your children because you love them, Father, in Jesus' name. Can you give God a hand clap of praise? You may be seated.